0: Hi everyone, my name is Jonathan Fries and you are listening to a special season of What the Flock. We have spent five seasons covering the topics that have caused so much damage, people don't come to church anymore. This season, our goal is to repair the Bible's reputation by taking specific Bible verses that have been abused due to man-made tradition and help you understand the ultimate answer for these verses. I'm joined, not only today, but as always, by my co-host, Joel Swikowski. How you doing, Joel?
1: I'm great. It, it is always, isn't it? We've been on quite the expedition with one another.
0: Yeah, man. Season six. Yes. We've, uh, it's 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 been an experience. It sure has. So for all of you who are listening, thanks for joining us. If you haven't listened to seasons one through five, we definitely encourage you to do so. Everything we're going to discuss during this season is built on a foundation of the previous five seasons. So at the very least, I highly recommend listening to the episodes that are referenced during this episode. Do you agree, Pastor Joel?
1: Yes, at least those episodes. Right, right. And remember, 75 episodes repeatedly showed every issue has two perspectives that distract people from the ultimate answer. We refer to those as the strict perspective and the loose perspective. So the strict perspective, what this does is it initiates conflicts with God's word by saying that they know the correct interpretation for sure, absolutely, Yet, when contradictions are exposed in their interpretation, they rationalize the reliance on man-made traditions in place of God's word. The biggest example of this is you're a sinner, and that although you can't earn your salvation by works, you better do works to prove your salvation. Okay,
0: strict perspectives. We can see these people as contradiction
1: rationalizers. Yes. Contradiction rationalizers. That's great. Yeah. And then the loose perspective, what they do is they avoid conflicts with God's word by saying we can't know anything for sure because there is no answer given or it is beyond our understanding due to it being a paradox or too complex for our finite mind. The contradiction on this side within these people is that they still want to say that they know for sure that you are wrong.
0: Ah, so here we have contradiction enablers. Ooh, nice. Contradiction rationalizers and contradiction
1: enablers.
0: So they both are, they it's both a- experience a contradiction. And what do they do? The rationalizers basically come up with a man-made tradition to support it. And the enablers say we can't know it. Yes, that's great. Cool. Well, thanks, Pastor Joel. I think that sets up what we're going to be learning through this verse. So what is the verse or verses that we're going to be
1: covering today? We're going to be covering Romans twelve twenty, which says, Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in doing so, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head.
0: Ah, yes, I've heard this one. Yeah. In order to look at how this verse has damaged the reputation of the Bible, or in other words, how man has taken away from what God intended with this verse, we have recorded messages from two of our favorite callers from the first five seasons. First, the strict explanation is given by Apostle Tater from McMillan, Alabama. Okay, so uh, I I used to tell people, you know, y'all should be serving at food pantries and homeless shelters. The Bible says so. You know, the overall goal being to not make the interaction with the sinner worse so that those who are watching will be won over to you. Joel. How would you respond to that?
1: Well, I I would direct this person to listen to the Reward episode from season 3, episode 12, and the Spiritual Value episode, season 4, episode 14. It seems like the focus on this perspective is how the person on the strict side appears to others and not necessarily about doing good to your enemy nice that makes sense
0: next the loose perspective is given by pastor rich from mcmillan alabama yeah some have interpreted this verse as if your enemy benefits beyond the immediate kindness because according to the middle eastern tradition live coals were placed on a metal plate and uh, actually kept on y'all's head to warm them during the travel through the desert at night. Joel, how would you respond
1: to the perspective that Pastor Rich gave? Why to have the people on this side listen to the love episode, season one, episode 15, and the forgiveness episode, season two, episode 10. So the people on this side tend to believe that loving someone would never result in that person being uncomfortable. Okay, so let's
0: summarize the damage. The strict side doesn't understand the doctrine of reward and spiritual value. And the loose side doesn't understand the doctrine of love and forgiveness. So what steps should we take to get the correct interpretation.
1: Well, we will be using a five-step process for every passage this season. Step number one, what does the Bible actually say? So what we're doing here is we're checking to see if the person quoting the verse is actually quoting something that is in the Bible. Because one, one of the first things, I used to work on computers Troubleshooting 101. The first step you do is you check the physical connection. Oh, nice. You, you check to see if the thing's plugged in essentially. Right? Nice. Yeah. So that's kind of this step right here. We're troubleshooting, right? What's the first step? Is is what they're saying even in the Bible? Because if it's not, then the problem's done. Then the interpretation's fixed because that verse isn't in the Bible at all. Okay. Well, here we can see Romans 12:20. Therefore, if then enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head is in fact in the Bible. Nice. Step number two, what does the original language say? Well, the word heap means to completely cover and fire here in this verse is literal, a literal fire, not a figurative fire, because there is actually a word for a live coal in the original language here in the Greek. So the person is completely covered with coals that are on fire. This is not comfortable.
0: That does not sound comfortable. If you look at it that way.
1: Furthermore, if you look at the original language, that word heap, what what you do is you see that it is meant to pile up and completely cover a person. Uh Like when people were stoned with stones. Right. And again, that phrase, coals of fire, from the original, we you would see that it is a coal that is burning. And the Bi- Bible distinguished between two types of coals when Isaiah 6.6 6 spoke of a live coal being taken off the altar by an angel in order to purify Isaiah's lips. So that's what we see, though. The original language helps us get a better insight into some of the the etymology and, and the, the word pictures we have behind these words heap and fire. So what's the context is the third step. And this one's really important for this verse as well. If you look at the verses, the one immediately before and immediately after, you get some insight into what Romans 12.20 is really meant meant for. So let's do Romans 12, 19 through 21. Cool. It says, avenge not yourselves, beloved, but give place unto the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance belongeth unto me. I will recompense, saith the Lord. Verse 20, but if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in doing so, thou shalt heap coals of fire upon his head. And 21, Hmm. be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good nice to so look at these verses what we see in the context we can see this is about justice being equaled out on the enemies and overcoming evil not making evil comfortable and cozy and warm and the manner in which that justice is being equaled out is important too we see through the context that it's about god's vengeance not our own now, and so
0: so when I want to take vengeance, yeah, it's showing me here's the math, here's the manner in which I should take my vengeance, yeah, on someone. Yeah. Should, give here's a way here's right. And here's a way for you to heap coals onto them okay yeah, awesome. we're not
1: talking about making the making evil comfortable and cozy warm next to a fireplace here so there's a couple other verses from different parts of the bible i want to pull in too because we see paul who wrote romans the letter to the romans was actually referencing half of proverbs 25 verses 21 and 22 that said, if thine enemy be hungry, give him bread to eat. And if, if he be thirsty, give him water to drink. For thou shalt heap coals of fire upon his head, and Jehovah will reward thee. Pretty nice, huh? And then nice. Luke 6.35 brings brings our, our hero Jesus into the mix, too. And he says, but love your enemies and do them good and lend or give never despairing or never expecting, and your reward shall be great, and you shall be sons of the Most High, for he is kind toward the unthankful and evil. So we, again, we saw Paul referenced Proverbs chapter 25 verses 21 and 22. Those verses explained two reasons we ought to love our enemies and two reasons why we ought to give to our enemies without expecting them to give back. Paul mentioned one of the reasons Paul did not mention the other reason as Jesus did, which stated that an effect of love was receiving reward from God through justice. So, the reason Paul gave was that loving your enemy brought heaps of coals, brought a heap of coals of fire on his head. And through justice, your enemy would receive a punishment that moved them further towards a breaking point and hopefully turning to God. So we see the two reasons are one, you'll get reward and two, it's actually benefiting your enemy to get hopefully to this point in their life where they turn to God. It's interesting. I mean, th- that context
0: in these doctrine of loving would bring heaps of coal or a heap of coals of fire on someone's head. Right. It's just, it's so, it's such the opposite perspective of, I think, what is traditionally taught. Hey, love this person so they get, you know, so that you'll facilitate heaps of coals of fire on their head.
1: Yeah. That's brutal.
0: It is brutal, but it all relates to spiritual. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And it all relates to spiritual value. That's great. Yeah.
1: So you notice we only needed the first three steps for this verse. Uh huh. Of course, if you dig deeper, you can get more understanding. But really to understand the correct and ultimate answer behind this, just the first three steps. Is this really in the Bible? What's the original language say? And what's the context? Those three steps really did help us flush out what this verse is or what God intended for us to understand behind this verse. How's that uh, Diddy you mentioned come in? <laughs> you know, it's, uh, what have
0: we, we've, we've covered three parts so far. Yeah, we got to three this episode. So we got yeah. to three. So um, I think the Diddy's coming along great. And um, would you like to hear a little, a little taste of the Diddy so far? Yeah. What do you got? Okay, so we got step one and step two, step three. Yeah. How about something like, what does the Bible say? Did the English translation get in the way? So there's your second step. What does the Bible say? Did the English translation get in the way? So we need to get to the original, you know, the original meaning. Number three. Why don't you look at the context and something, 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 something like that will be how it ends. <laughs> something like that. Oh, man. What do we, what do we think about that?
1: Uh, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting to those more complex verses where we can get this thing flushed completely out. That's awesome.
0: We'll, we'll get the whole ditty.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you, Jonathan. <laughs> remember though, and like, remember, Contradictions do not exist in reality. These steps are slowly bringing us through exposing and removing any contradictions that man has introduced into the Bible.
0: Excellent. I love how both the strict and the loose perspectives are responding differently to the contradiction, but neither of them are trying to resolve that contradiction, or right. as we have talked about in previous episodes, dissolve. right. Yeah the contradiction. Yeah. What is the ultimate answer for this passage, Pastor Joel? What is, the, what is the ultimate answer for this passage, Joel?
1: So the ultimate answer, well, first, let me just remind everybody, the Bible may have conflicts in what is stated. However, the Bible does not have contradictions in the why or the doctrine. So really a question I'd ask with this verse is how do we deal with our enemies? This verse is showing us how to do that. Do not avenge yourself, but forgive. Remember, that's another, like another word, you know, when God, when we're taught to not avenge ourselves, but make room for the wrath of God is really how do we do that by forgiving? Which that word means to state your will that you will not equal out your own justice, even if given the chance. God is supposed to judge because God is just. That's his burden to bear. Nice. And God will eventually equal out everything. Now, Pastor Rich shared how some have interpreted this verse as a benefit to your enemy. This verse did not reference the Middle Eastern tradition that Pastor Rich referred to Loving your enemy resulted in your enemy being completely covered with burning coals, not sitting cozy next to a fireplace making s'mores
0: on your on the top of your head. It's not it's not, not a s'more it's a it's not a s'more making device on the top of your head that is warming you.
1: Yeah, it's like us Americans have made this verse out to be like somebody putting a winter stocking cap on,
0: right? Or those like heating those heating pads that you can. Scrunch up
1: and put in yeah. your boots or in your gloves. Yeah. hand warmers. Right. Uh, and Apostle Tater shared how some have interpreted this verse to elevate oneself and to appeal to the people outside of this interaction. And this is really pride and it hinders God's ability to equal out the injustice. So the context of this verse showed us we're meant to overcome, overcome overcome evil with good nice and paul just showed that if believers wanted justice equaled out on their enemy they ought to love their enemy and god would take vengeance on their enemy by heaping burning coals on their head again forgiving is a statement that you will not take out your own justice and that removes your enemy out from under mercy Because God's waiting to see. What are you going to do with that injustice, Jonathan? Are you going to do something with it? God's sitting there waiting. I can't move. Justly move on your behalf until I know for sure, until you state your will. Once you do, then God is free to judge them now for their benefit. But how many Christians are humble enough to love their enemy and to have faith that God will? equal everything out through justice what a question
0: yeah amazing well thank you pastor joel this has been what the flock thanks for listening everyone and remember if you've been hurt by church you're not alone we're here for you